Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, brought to you by Wild Edge Inc. If you're new to the show, welcome to the podcast where we try to inspire you to get outdoors and chase your passions, chase your dreams, and we do that here by sharing awesome stories from all over the globe, from Africa to Canada. We got it all. No subject is is uh, safe. And we just seek to bring the, the, the most awesome experiences we can find, the most awesome tales, chasing tales, we possibly can. So thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Walt. And before we get to the show today, I just want to say thanks to Wild Edge, Inc., the title sponsor of the podcast. They have the most simple, effective, and efficient way to climb any tree you need to. I encourage you to go check out wildedgeinc.com and use the promo code ChasingTales10, that's ChasingTales10, to save $15 on any order of steps. I believe without shipping, it's like $95 for a set of eight and a bag, and I can assure you that with a little bit of practice, that will do everything you need it to and more. We've got some exciting things coming down the pipe. In fact, I've got a video camera now and I'm working with a couple guys to put together some awesome videos for you all. So stay tuned to the YouTube channel and, and, and be plugged in so that you don't miss any of the excitement that's coming down the pipe. My Florida deer season is well underway and uh, before too long, hopefully we'll, I'll have my own stories to share with you. And with that, let's get to this week's episode. I have a return guest and this is one that I have been <laughs> trying to get on the phone for quite some time, and due to a hurricane that uh, nixed the recording, but uh, we are dedicated here to, to bring to you the best content possible, so I have been fighting to get this gentleman back on the phone, and here we are. I have got Sean Curran of the Sportsman's Alliance back on the phone. How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great, Walter. Thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Uh, when, after we recorded the last podcast... You and I said, you know, we chatted afterwards, and we agreed that we we would do another. It was such a it was such a blast, and uh, you're a phenomenal storyteller. So, a little different feel to this podcast. We'll be telling a story, uh, maybe not a hunting story, but we're going to be talking about uh, a new partnership uh, between Sportsman's Alliance and Chasing Tales Outdoors, and that is something that uh, I have been thrilled to announce for quite some time. Awesome, man! No, we've been thrilled as well too. I mean, we're really excited about the opportunity to start working together and collaborating more and uh, you know just being able to 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 work through you and, and your platform to help get the message out about the organization is just a phenomenal opportunity for us as well well and i've spent a lot of time look unfortunately i've had a lot of time to think about this episode but 
I, sp- I thought a lot of a lot of about what I would want people to take away from this podcast. Why I want people to understand that it was you know critical to me in my mind to partner w- with your organization. And we'll get to that in, in a minute. I don't want to lead into that quite just yet. I think it'll become apparent, and if it's not at the end, I'll make it clear. Um, you know, we we talked on this back in the spring. We talked about a turkey hunt. And since mm-hmm. then, we've grown a lot, and I know that we have several listeners who may not have heard who you were. So would you would you do the listeners a favor, and myself as well, and kind of introduce, maybe in a little greater detail, who Sportsman's Alliance is? Absolutely. Glad to. Yes. Yeah, so the Sportsman's Alliance is uh, we're a nonprofit organization. You know, we've been around for 40 years. We're actually celebrating our 40-year anniversary here uh, this year in 2018. Uh, but we were founded you know, in the late 1970s. Um, in Ohio, there was a ballot initiative that sought to ban all forms of trapping. And uh, anti-hunting and animal rights groups sought Ohio because they see it as a key battleground state. So they knew that if they could take their agenda to Ohio and, and win on this issue that's very near and dear to them, that they could then take that, that template, if you will, and plug and play in other states. Um, so a group was organized to run the ballot initiative on behalf of sportsmen. You know, so it was made up of local businessmen, conservationists, um, you know, wildlife professionals. They ran the campaign. They did an outstanding job. They succeeded and they defeated that ballot initiative, which kept trapping alive and, and well in the state of Ohio. Well, you know, after the election, everybody just kind of went back to work, went back to their day jobs doing what they do. Um, but calls continued to come in from around the country to these, these folks um, just from other states having similar issues with anti-hunting or animal rights organizations that were going after going after things in, 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 in other states, whether it be trapping, whether it be bow hunting, whether it be predator hunting, those types of things. Um, so there was a need, and the leaders of what soon to become the, uh, the Sportsman's Alliance saw the need. They took the appropriate steps and they formed the organization, and they said, well, let's, let's specialize in these things, right? We've got sure. all these other groups who who do wonderful work for species right we've got bird groups we've got you know you know deer groups all these other groups who um work on habitat they work on recovering species they work on doing all these types of things but there's not a group that's out there that's focused on sportsmen and women and you know the rights of sportsmen and women to go out and hunt fish and trap and so that's how our organization was formed that's what we've pretty much focused on the last 40 years has been protecting and advancing the American traditions of hunting, fishing, trapping, and the shooting sports. And so that's, that's kind of the, who we are and what we do. Um, and you know, we're, um, we're facing just more and more issues every single year. It's just phenomenal. The, uh, the amount of things that pop up out there, whether it be in legislation whether it be in court cases, whether it be a ballot box initiatives, there's just all kinds of these little attacks that we see. And a lot of them are at the state level, since that's where most of our, our, our wildlife management decisions are made is at the state level. Um, and so that's kind of our, our specialty is we work you know, in the legislatures, we work in the courtroom, we work at the ballot box, and we do work in all 50 states. So, it's interesting to me to see how, you know, when I was growing up to hear how hunters and anglers have sportsmen across the country have responded to various issues, whether it be restoring you know valuable wetlands, whether it's the reintroduction 
of, of, of endangered species in the area or just simply imposing the first real wildlife laws and, and creating mm-hmm. wildlife officers. And I think it's important for us, you know, we hear about that history as you're coming up through the ranks. You hear about how if it wasn't for hunters, we wouldn't have white-tailed deer. If it wasn't yep. for hunters, we wouldn't have waterfowl. You know, there, there's numerous cases of how hunters have responded to the issues. And I think it's interesting in that the the issues that we're facing today, you know, don't get me wrong, there's still wetlands that need to be restored, but there's organizations sure. that handle that, you know. Yep. I think it's interesting to me to that it's – it's interesting to me that a uh, few hunters in my circle uh, really see the impact of anti-hunting or anti-sportsman legislation coming through the pipe as a real threat. They seem to kind of disregard that as as a, as a real issue. Um, yeah. it, is is this fear-mongering or are there legitimate case studies that are, are proving that this is happening and, and, and more and more volume? Yeah, well, it's certainly not fear-mongering. Um, I mean, there's 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 cases that we can point to all across the country where we, and when I say we, I'm just painting with a broad brush here, where sure. we as sportsmen have lost ground, right? Um, and it's not on mainstream-type things, right? They're, it's not like these issues are attacking deer hunting. Um, they're going after kind of the smaller segments of our, of our outdoor lifestyle. They're going after... Uh, you know, in the 90s, they, they went after bow hunting, you know, before bow hunting became so popular. That was something that was under attack. Um, there's been a lot of attacks on um, on trapping over the years. There's been a, a ton of uh, attacks on predator hunting over the years. You know, California is right. a great example of that, right? They lost mountain lion hunting in the 90s to a ballot initiative where the general public is coming out and they're voting on wildlife management decisions that should be made by our state agencies, right? They should be made by the by the wildlife biologists that our hunting license dollars and Pittman-Robertson dollars help pay for. Uh, but instead, these decisions are being made, um, you know, by the general public who might not be as informed on, on these types of things. And they're making maybe emotional decisions on how they're voting, right? right. So they went ahead and banned mountain lion hunting. Well, it's not like mountain lion hunting stopped. They still hunt mountain lions in California today. In fact, they kill more mountain lions today than they did when there was regulated hunting. Except now it's on the taxpayer to foot the bill for that, right? Mm. They're not they're not selling tags for it. They're not selling hunting equipment for it and, and generating, you know, economic revenue. They're not providing you know, anything back other than a bill for the taxpayer because state agencies are still going out. They're still using hounds to hunt problem cats, and they're still killing mountain lions today in California. Um, there's there's a ton of examples like that out there involving bears, involving mountain lions, involving all kinds of other species. So, yeah, it's 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 a shame that um, you know our community doesn't get you know as involved as we'd like them to be involved, um, because most for the most part. We just kind of want to go out and do our thing, right? We just sure. want to go deer hunt. We want to duck hunt. We don't want to think about these these things that, well, hey, and I'm in the Midwest. You know, why do I need to care about what's going on in some other state? It doesn't affect me. Right. 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 So we kind of have that complacent mentality that, you know, we've really got to shake that. And we really have to start getting more and more folks involved in just understanding what's going on out there and seeing the bigger picture of, of wildlife management and, you know, where we're could lose some ground here. 
Well, I, I think perhaps something else that could discourage folks is, and then this is just an unfortunate truth, but politics from state to state no longer uh, occur within the realm uh, of money and dollar and influence inside that state. People travel from state to state to lobby now, national and international organizations get involved. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's important that we recognize that, that the world that we used to live in has changed. And this is a uh, an important thing that, that's coming to a town near you. I mean, if you listen to the, the turkey hunting podcast that we did before, Florida had a bear hunting season for one year. You know, yeah. I, re- I reside in the deep south. I mean, I don't. I, <laughs> there are a few places that rival or exceed our passion for the outdoors in the deep south. And in the state of Florida, we had a bear season for one year, hit our quota in record time with yeah. with with no with no illegal harvests i might add and with lobbying and legislation it was pushed back through and bear hunting is now illegal in this state and it we lost the right to bear hunt it, within a year of when we we actually regained it and there's no shortage of bears here it's not a conservation no. issue no not at all and it's and it's actually it was a perfect example of how how the wildlife management system can work, how the tagging system can work, right? Because that quota was met, like, it was within 24 hours, if I remember correctly, right? Um, and it was a conservative, it was a conservative quota that was established, number one, because it was a, it was the first season. So um, they want to be conservative with that. They had real-time monitoring of when these bears were harvested and checked in, so that when they hit that quota, boom, close the season down, we're done, folks. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That is, that's wildlife management, like in real time using the technology that we have available today, but yet that's still not good enough. Right. Um, that's because the other side is just fundamentally opposed to any of us going out and hunting. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It doesn't matter how precise we can manage anything. They're going to be opposed to it no matter what. And so these things might start with bear hunting, for example, or mountain lion hunting. But it won't end there. It will continue to spill over, and it will then come down to maybe bow hunting resurfaces here in another 10 or 15 years if we've lost enough ground in some of these other spaces, right? Maybe maybe that becomes the target again because we've seen these things um, kind of be cyclical in nature over the, over the years where they kind of pick little niche, um, niche hunting groups or what have you to, to focus on. Um, it was, there was a lot of focus on, um, houndsmen and, um, just dog owners in general, you know, in the early two thousands with a lot of bad legislation that was out there, um, going after the dog industry. Well, that was affecting a lot of our, you know, right, what, if you have a retriever or a pointer, or maybe you're just a hobby breeder because you have a, a great dog that you've trained and he's a, a master retriever and, and you want to, you want to breed him. You know, there was a lot of legislation out there that was going to be really, really restrictive and prohibitive to those types of things as well, too. Tethering laws when it comes to dogs, right? Um, how the heck are you going to send your dog on a, you know, 100 yard retrieve if you have to have him tethered at all times? So we see legislation like that all the time. And our, our government affairs team is monitoring these things um, all the time and just working their tails off to make sure that these little things don't get slipped into law someplace and, and voted on and approved. So yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't end with bear hunting. It doesn't end with mountain lion hunting or trapping or any of those types of things. It's just, that's just a step along the way for these groups. So let's touch on, on the, the member participation component of this. 
I feel like there is this wonderful component, uh, this wonderful benefit of the Sportsman's Alliance, and that is you send out newsletters and, and, and updates, uh, call to action statements when it's yep. important. And I, and I think that that, for me, is really nice, largely because I'm busy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have the ability to help monitor in these areas. So you're doing that for us, and it, and it comes out in these, these blasts uh, when, it's, mm-hmm. when it's important. Can you kind of talk about what the aim is of, of, of member um, engagement in the process? Yeah, so, you know, first of all, those, those emails are free. Anybody can sign up for them. You know, if they go to sportsmansalliance.org and sign up for our Sportsman's Weekly newsletter, you know, we'll, we'll have their name, address, email address. Um, and then when issues do pop up in your state, we'll send out an action alert so that if you are living in Tennessee and there's a piece of legislation being introduced in Tennessee, we'll then send out an action alert to all those individual people who are receiving our newsletter in the state of Tennessee It'll have a link in there to our Legislative Action Center, which they can then click on. They can find their elected representatives through that um, Legislative Action Center software that we have. Um, and you know, we'll provide that information about that particular bill and say, you need to contact Representative Jane Doe or John Doe and tell them to vote no on this, and here is why. You know, and So we're providing that information so that sportsmen and women can stay informed on those issues that are in their state. Um, we do the same thing on national things. You know, if we're working on something uh, like the Yellowstone grizzly bear, for example, that's uh, that's kind of a national issue because it involves the Endangered Species Act. You know, we'll send out those national things to everybody. So, so that's a free service that we provide, right? We just, we want people to be informed because the more people who are informed, the better off we all are. Well, let, let me ask you this. What you know, there's a myriad of different avenues that we could take this, and 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 mm-hmm. I'm good for I'm good for rabbit holes. I, we could chase the rabbit all day long, right? Let's not do that for the sake of this. What two important issues? If you had to pick two, what are the two biggest issues that are on essays uh, watch list right now? Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect question, and that'll keep us, that'll keep us <laughs> focused because there's, uh, yeah, we we start going all over the place. So the two biggest things that we're working on right now, um, you know, number one, I just mentioned the the Yellowstone ecosystem grizzly mm-hmm. bear, um, that would be one. The second would be New Jersey and black bear hunting in New Jersey. Those are the two biggest things that are that we're working on right now. Um, I'll start with uh, you know the Yellowstone ecosystem grizzly bear back in 2017. Uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service recommended that uh, grizzly bears in the Yellowstone ecosystem be delisted. And I keep saying Yellowstone ecosystem because I want it to be perfectly clear that we're not talking about Yellowstone Park, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about the whole ecosystem, which is just a huge, huge area in parts of Montana, Wyoming, and Idaho. So grizzly bears have exceeded their recovery goals in this area. They've They've exceeded it several, several years ago. Populations continue to grow. So they no longer meet the definitions of threatened or endangered. So they should be removed, right? So when an animal is removed from ESA protection, they're then returned to the states for management, right? Because under the North American model, we manage wildlife at the state level. So 
Wyoming and Idaho um, <clears throat> were going to move forward with actual grizzly bear hunts this year. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it was very predictable. It was going to end up back in the courts. Um, some anti-hunting animal rights organizations sued. Uh, judge heard the case and decided, you know, for some technical reasons to go ahead and relist the grizzlies. So no hunt has taken place in 2018. Uh, for any grizzly bears, and they are now returned to the uh, ESA protections that they were under before, even though we know that the science tells us that they're recovered, they've exceeded their recovery goals. So right there and then, you know, we've got a broken system. We have something that should be returned to the states for management, and it's not. It just, it doesn't make any sense. It's only done because of ideologies. It's not done because of science. The second thing, um, jumping over to New Jersey, we have a newly elected governor who made campaign promises um, that he was going to stop black bear hunting in the state of New, New Jersey if elected. He was elected, came into office, and by executive order, did everything that he could to stop um, black bear hunting in the state of New Jersey. Um, he was only able to stop it on public lands so you can still hunt black bears in New Jersey. It's only on private property. But if you don't have a place to hunt and you rely on public lands for your hunting, just like you and I do for a lot of our hunting, guess what? We can't mm -hmm. hunt black bears now in New Jersey because we can't hunt them on public lands. So, I mean, that's, that's not only an attack on scientific wildlife management. That's an attack on our public lands because he's taking away access from people right then and there. He's taken away access from sportsmen, right? Right. And those public lands are bought for and managed off of our licensed dollars. So right here, you just have a, a blatant abuse of, of power by a governor who made campaign promises to some of his anti-hunting and, and animal rights friends. And now, you know, we're involved in a court case out there. Um, you know, we're partnered with um, New Jersey Outdoors Alliance and SCI, um, and the three of us are, are suing, um, you know, the New Jersey uh, government because of what they're doing out there. So, you know, these lawsuits are uh, unfortunate because it's a silly way that we have to, to go about things. What is just common sense for you and I and, and for, for many other people, you know, we now have to go ahead and, and spend a lot of money to fight these things in the courtroom. Um, it just, it's mind boggling, just the amount of things that are like that, that are out there, Walt, that we get involved with on a regular basis. So what, what is the next step having had put these fires out? It's one thing to prevent these things from happening or it's to, to stop these things from happening, uh, as, as these suits happen, because that is obviously it's important, but what is the, what's the next step, uh, to prevent these, these, these ridiculous cases from occurring is there legislation in states that we can push to root this out yeah it's 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 really hard because there is no silver bullet right you, we don't know and our side is is oftentimes reactionary to these types of things we don't know when the next thing is going to happen we don't know when the next um lawsuit is going to come down we don't know when the next campaign promise is going to be made by somebody and they're going to do something in office to to stop some form right. of hunting so it is extremely hard to be, um, you know, to know what those next steps are. 
because we don't know where the fight is going to be. We just have to be ready for a lot of these types of things. Um, yes, there are some things that, um, that, you know, and not every state is, um, you know, like a ballot initiative state, for example. Um, so there could be some things that, that states can look at there to, to stop uh, wildlife measures from being put on, on ballot initiatives. Um, there, are, there are still a number of states that are uh, ballot initiative states that are out there, though. Um, so, so those particular states have to be very careful and, and, and watch what you know, some of these groups might be doing. You kind of have to watch for smoke because oftentimes where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, a good example of that could be, you know, shortly after the whole cease of the lion thing that popped up a couple of years ago, that was, um, obviously a social media firestorm and everything that went along with that. Um, the humane oh, society yes. of the United States. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of interesting, uh, a lot of interesting emails and, and social media messages, um, during that time frame. let me tell you. Um, and that's, you know, yeah, I'm not going to go down rabbit holes, but the animal rights friends are not very nice. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> but Humane Society of the United States, they issued a report shortly after whole, uh, Cecil the Lion, and it basically said that they were going to be going after mountain lion hunting. Um, they wanted to make the mountain lion, quote unquote, America's lion, America's Cecil, if you will. So we started um, you know, sniffing around. We saw that smoke. And we started looking at the states where it might be possible for uh, for some sort of measure to come down on a ballot uh, ballot initiative. Um, and last year, HSUS was was trying to gather enough signatures to actually put it on the ballot in Arizona. Dang they were going to go after mountain lion hunting in Arizona. They were going to ban it. That would have been a tough one, right? Um, Arizona is a, is a, a costly state to do business in when it comes to ballot initiatives because these things are won and lost on the public airwaves. And so that means you have to buy airtime. That means you have to raise a lot of money mm. and have very effective messaging and have your television commercials running in prime time when the voters are going to be watching to give them the information so that they vote the right way. Um, fortunately, um, things kind of fell apart on HSUS's end. Uh, their past president and CEO uh, had some uh, – had some issues going on there with uh, sexual harassment, some other types of things. So things kind of crumbled from the inside and that, uh, that whole initiative dissipated. However, they still have a ton of money in the bank. Uh, and I would believe that that issue is still going to be one that they're going to come back to whether they come back to Arizona or not, who knows? It could be Colorado. It could be a number of different States. They outlined five different States, you know, that they were looking at mountain lions you know, here in America. So, they're going to come back to it, you know, because banning hunting is one of their top five initiatives. You know, if they have it right there in plain sight on their website, what they're going to be going after. And so, you know, they frame it as trophy hunting, but we know that it's just, it's hunting. They're coming after hunting. And so that's why we need more and more people to be involved and more and more people to be members of the Sportsman's Alliance so that when these things happen in your state, we can mobilize we can we can really cause a, a grassroots swell, and we can affect things. We can let our elected officials know, hey, we're here, and you know we know what's going on, and we're going to hold you guys accountable. So I mean, it's it's just imperative to get more and more people involved in these types of things. 
Uh, yeah, and I, and I think it's important for people to realize the scope and the magnitude of the Humane Society's budget. I mean, you're talking about an organization that has a top five protocol to get rid of our outdoor pastime, the, the backbone of conservation funding. Right. And, and they're t- you're talking about a, a hundred plus million dollar budget. I mean, that's yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, that's just their that's just their annual budget. That's not like their total assets. Right. Um, a couple of years ago, we looked at um, just total budgets of the top five, you know, anti-hunting organizations. And we kind of classified these organizations by the ones that we see the most, right? The ones that we see in the courtrooms, the ones that we see behind these ballot initiatives. So we took a look at them and their, their, their collective annual budgets was over half a billion dollars. When you start adding up their total assets, Mm -hmm. it's over $800 million. I mean, it's just huge. The amount of resources that these groups have behind them, but what we have is we've got science, right? right? We've got we've got almost a hundred years of the North American model of wildlife conservation working. Um, when you when you look at a lot of the information that's out there, right? Most people in America approve of hunting. Then you can start, you know, people get it. People approve yeah. of hunting, but we have to have the right messaging behind it. We have to have sure. the right image behind it um we have to we have to give the public you know the the information and and frame these things correctly so that they understand hey yeah it's important that we still have mountain lion hunting in this state because x y and z um we have to we have to marry that that information up with the right messaging and deliver it in a timely fashion and that's hard when you don't know when the next issue is going to be right. Exactly. That, that's our biggest challenge. And that's, that's when the tinfoil cap got wearing people like me start texting you at all hours of the night saying, Hey, have you seen this, uh, this, uh, ballot initiative in the state of Florida? Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we, we need that help though. I mean, I know, there, I mean I know. there are so many different things out there and it's just, you know, it's just, it's amazing. It just never ceases to amaze me how many things are going on out there across this country. And it is, and it's all done at the state level. Right. And so that's why right. it's, it's important to send those texts and give us a heads up. Hey, did you see this? what's going on in Florida? Um, Cause I'm going to take it right to our government affairs guys and say, Hey, what have you guys seen on this? And um, you know, they're, they're going to be on it. And uh, with 50 other States, you've got 50 other issues going on out there. Sure. So it's a, it's a lot to cover for all of us. You know, I think it's also important for people to realize that, you know, the Humane Society, despite its name, it's 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 under a 1% of that $100 million annual budget is going yep. to the shelters. You know, yeah. not, I hate giving them the spotlight any more than I have to, but I think it's important for people to realize that yeah. that a lot of that money, you don't don't write them off for, for just taking care of, of puppies and kittens. You know, a lot of that money is coming after you and a good segue that I'd like to ask is, you know, we're talking about this long uphill sludge fest. I mean, that's just what this is going to be. This is going to be hunters with with positive messaging, with with putting the money behind the right organizations to protect this in the future moving forward. Why, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but why should be people across the country be joining Sportsman's Alliance? No, it's it's a great question, and it's I mean, it's it's because if we want our hunting heritage to continue, we have to have a unified front moving forward. Um, we're very segmented across the country. You know, deer hunters stick with deer hunters, duck hunters stick with duck hunters. You know, the, the duck hunter in Arkansas 
you know, he probably isn't paying attention to what's going on with the deer hunter in Ohio, sure. who isn't paying attention which, with what's going on with the hound hunter in North Carolina, who isn't paying attention to what's going on with, you know, the coyote hunter out in the, uh, you know, Western U.S. somewhere. We need a unified voice, a unified front that's paying attention to all these types of issues so that we know what we're all up against because it doesn't start and stop in one particular state. You know, these groups, they form a game plan, they form a template, and they bounce from state to state to state. Their strategy continues to stay the same. It might change a little bit from here or there, um, but they are unified. I mean, that's the one thing that we have to understand is these guys are well-funded, they're well-organized, and they're unified across the country. You know, they mm-hmm. they put they put their differences aside because to them, their ideology of ending hunting is above everything else. So that's why, you know, we have to really, really care about what's going on in these other states and get out of that, um, well, it doesn't affect me type of mentality. It might not affect you today. It might not be in 10 years, but maybe it's in 12, maybe it's in 15. If it affects you in your lifetime, it's going to affect, you know, your children, your grandchildren down the road. I mean, we know how much things have changed just in the last 20 to 30 years. I mean, the fact that we have to exist as an organization because these threats are out there is just is probably crazy if you know if <laughs> our our if our conservation forefathers are thinking about it right right they're like you know anti hunting what's that going to be who's that why would it <laughs> well here we are the internet right? d- changed that uh, that that arena in a in a huge way it, it the the small populations of of uh, uh, I'll just say crazy ha- have yeah. now been able to connect digitally yeah. whereas before they were rather isolated I think. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It, it definitely accelerated that, and it's what helps make them make them organized. Right. And um, whether we like it or not, they're here. They're very strong. They're very well funded, and you know, and politics is now part of the process. You know, as much as you know, even just sitting around campfires with buddies and talking about it, like guys, I agree. I don't want politics and hunting. Right. But I don't have a magic wand to make it go away. It's it's here. I mean. Just look at the example in New Jersey. I mean, that's a shining case of uh, of an elected official making a campaign promise that he's going to ban hunting, and he goes in and bans, you know, does everything that he can, you know, and, and bans black bear hunting on public lands. He's even on video. You know, there was a Facebook video that he put out saying he wished he could do more, and he will try to do more. So he's not done. Right. I mean, it's it's just absolutely crazy that that – you know, we've got this this model of conservation that works, um, but just because somebody is opposed to it, then all of a sudden we're just going to throw all the science away just because somebody thinks somebody else shouldn't go do something. It's it's just it's just ridiculous. Well, and, and let's tie the two together. Like there, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel here, guys. I mean, if, if you think about it here, you want to remove you want to remove hunting from politics. Well, let's help build an organization that's so big that it can be a stalwart to preventing this kind of legislation from being passed. Let's remove it from being the, the easy to pick piece of fruit to where only the the the, the furthest extreme uh, the furthest of that extreme feel they can they can bang on that drum to where it's something that we can remove 
from from a portion of politics. I feel like a, a strong organization like the Sportsman's Alliance can help remove that 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 component because, like you said, the the overwhelming majority. Well, maybe not overwhelming majority, but the majority of people have a favorable opinion of, of hunting. Yep. So so let's leverage that. You know, the, yep, absolutely. The, they are in the minority in this case, and and that's that's a leverage. The other thing I just said, the internet helped them uh, connect with each other. Well, we can utilize that same thing. We mm-hmm. we can we can do the same thing, and again, we have the population favor uh, the favorability of the population behind us. Yep, absolutely. And that's, you know, we talk about it all the time just in the office, right? I mean, we're looking at we're looking at data all the time um, and we're looking at licenses. And, you know, the, the most recent report was using 2016 data. I think there's 11 and a half million hunting licenses sold that year. Um, it, it could be a little bit larger than that, but we'll just use that. Right. Mm-hmm. Our biggest thing is like, man, if we just had one percent, if we had one percent of that 11 and a half million that were members of this organization. That's a game changer. That's, yeah, we're still going to be reactive, right? Because we don't know where a lot of these attacks are going to be. But if we have just 1% of our total hunter population as members of the Sportsman's Alliance, boy, man, we have a presence now. We can really start to do some things. That's such a small percentage as well, too, right? Just 1% of people become members of this organization we could really start to do some things and really start to empower sportsmen out there. Uh, and I challenge everybody to, to really examine themselves honestly and say uh, the other two components of this that you know I think are most heavily protected by by hunters would be the right to bear arms, which makes sense, right? You need that yep. to hunt. Do you have yep. you joined uh, an organization that that protects those rights? Well, okay. Yep. Have you have you joined an, an organization that's helping with whatever specific or broad ecological issue there is for conservation? Well, chances are you said yes. This is that third missing piece. This is equally as important. And to me, it's one of those things where I judge uh, my my fellow hunters largely by where they put their money. You know, my I've I've had acquaintances that don't donate to conservation, and they've remained that acquaintances. And then I have several friends who donate. Uh, large checks to various conservation organizations, various Second Amendment organizations, and and those are people that I I, I hold hold close and hold company with, and I think we need to hold our ourselves accountable in that regard. Um, I, I touched on something, and I think it's important that we maybe hit it again, and and I can ask you uh, maybe a dir- more direct question on this is we've talked about a lot of like doom and gloom. <laughs> There's not yep, been a, yeah. you know, this is not an easy topic to discuss. I'm sure you know you you said at the office you talk about about these kind of things and I'm sure there are times that everybody in that office just kind of collectively sighs and just goes what are we going to do like this just seems like it, here here we go again what do mm-hmm. y'all do when you're feeling that way what do you look towards as as the the motivation to keep going the 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 positive that's coming out of out of your efforts <sighs> You know what? Yeah, I mean, you have I absolutely have those moments every once in a while where it's just like, oh man, this is gonna be tough. But all of us at the office um, just have such a passion for the outdoors, um, whether they hunt or not. You know, not all of our staff hunts, but they're all passionate about this mission and our mission to protect and advance hunting, fishing, and trapping and shooting sports. Um, that we don't sit around and feel sorry for too long. You know, sure. we 
we get a fire in our belly and we start <laughs> to think and we start to bounce ideas off each other and we start to really you know put together strategies on how to attack these different things you know for for some of us the the motivation comes in in looking to our families right making sure that that our kids have these same opportunities to go out and hunt the way that we do i mean there's just so many life lessons that come from hunting i don't know how that you would replace some of those things um the times that I've, that you can point. spend a field I, yeah i mean i just don't know like there's just so many different so many different things that come through hunting and from those that the time spent with other people outdoors and those those bonds that are created the memories that are shared um they don't happen watching a football game at bw3s they don't happen you know sitting around playing video games i don't think there's anything out there that can replace those types of life lessons and the things that you learn about oneself um that, that hunting in the outdoors provide there just isn't so that's kind of our motivation right when those things happen you know we don't sit around and get too sad and too sorry for ourselves we're all very competitive and we accept nothing you know but but victory and so we're going to come up with some sort of strategy we're going to come up with some sort of way to fight these things one way or the other um and if we lose you know that's a damn shame we hate to lose um but more than often than not when we have the funding to get involved in an issue we've got a 95 percent success rate when we're involved wow so that's where it comes down to more and more people becoming members you know when said if just one percent of every hunting licensed buyer became a member to this organization people people ask all the time you know oh, man i'm all what i'm just a 35 dollar or a 50 dollar or 100 dollar member i'm not a you know somebody who can write a check to your organization for big dollars how can i have an you know how can i have an effect what's well, it's a multiplier effect man I mean, mm-hmm. you go out and you buy your hunting license, you buy your, your deer tags, your turkey tags, your duck stamps, all those types of things. You don't even blink an eye. Um, why don't you why don't you renew your Sportsman's Alliance membership every time you buy that license? If 1% of people did that, all of a sudden we're on the offense. All of a sudden we have a lot more funding to get involved in a lot more issues. Because like I said, when we have the funding and we're involved, we've got a 95% success rate. That's pretty damn good. Um Unfortunately, there's a lot of issues out there that we have to pick and choose on and we might not be able to get involved in, right? If we're involved in a ESA lawsuit over Grizzlies and we're involved in a lawsuit with the, you know, the, the governor of New Jersey and we're involved in a couple other things, well, then all of a sudden, if another major thing pops up, are we going to be able to jump in? You know, um, it just depends on how big of an issue it is. Is it? So, and that major, we, and that major issue could be in Alabama. It could be in Mississippi. I just want to re- you know, reiterate that point that the larger their budget is, the the more likely when a problem occurs in your home state that it can be addressed. And I I just think it's a no brainer. I really do. I think that that joining Sportsman's Alliance is a no brainer. I, I can't. When I was introduced to it by our, our mutual friend Sean Clarkson, uh, it was it was <laughs> it was like the clouds parted and there was sun. I was like this this is the organization that that. I have been waiting to, to be introduced to, and let's get that 1%, that. man. Let's get that yeah. 1%. That's our goal. That's our goal. I mean, we're uh, we're going to be doing some things here in 2019 as well, too. Um, we're we're kind of putting kind of the final touches on a, a chapter program mm-hmm. um, because as we were founded as an organization, you know, we, we were 
we were formed more or less to be the specialists to work with a lot of the other uh, NGOs, non-governmental organizations, um, and leverage their membership when issues popped up. And, you know, and that worked for a number of years, but we also know that we need to grow and we need to have chapters, you know, at the state level, because, you know, as we said, these, these issues happen at the state level. Um, so we're going to be rolling out a chapter program next year and, that's going to help us grow, you know, exponentially. It's going to help us be organized um, at the state level across the country. So, you know, that stuff is going to be coming, and uh, we definitely want people involved in that so that we can help, you know, help mobilize and be ready for these things when they do happen. And that way, if something does happen in Minnesota, you know what? We can have the, the chapters in Minnesota be ready to go. We can also have the other chapters in, in, in other states across the country doing things to raise funds and raise awareness to help fight that issue that pops up in Minnesota. So, you know, I'll, we'll circle back and have uh, maybe another show or another podcast when that is uh, ready to roll. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should. And I think, I think folks should, should, should get used to seeing and hearing your, well, maybe not seeing you cause it's a podcast. That was silly, but uh, hearing from you because that's, that's my goal is as these developments happen, um, I'd like to have y'all on the show to discuss that, to put that information directly into the ear of potential or current members and uh, help people understand that uh, you're not just doing this podcast, going back to work and, and just, you know, collecting a paycheck, that you guys are out there actively responding, actively engaging and and, and changing to to, met, to to meet the needs that, that you currently face. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, we appreciate that. I mean, and, it's funny. the The one thing that I can I can say about these uh, these issues is that they're they're real, and uh, the color of my beard is definitely a testament to that. Because <laughs> it, it, as you've seen, man, it's gotten really really gray <laughs> the last couple of years. So um, it just yeah, these types of things they they get under my skin. They just bother the heck out of me because it's it's just ridiculous that we have to fight these fights just in order to go out and do the things that we love to do. But that's the reality. And, uh, that's why I appreciate just the opportunity to come on and, and talk about the organization and get more people, you know, involved in it. Absolutely, dude. No, I'm, I'm honored that you take the time to, to record with me and, and, and to, to join forces and, and, and get the word out there, man. I, I'd love to have you on uh, periodically to kind of touch base on some of the issues that that we tu- that we discussed on. You know, if there's some some uh, movement that occurs with the with the New Jersey black bear uh, hunt, I, if there's a, if there's a victory, we need to have that on the airwaves just as much as a, as as these are dark time messages. You know, I mean, oh, it, absolutely, I, I want to get that out there to everybody. Yep, absolutely. We have to celebrate those victories. Absolutely, that's for sure. I mean, that's 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 why we're doing it. And then sometimes those victories are things that we don't even hear about. Yeah. And uh, so that's, right. that's what, and when I, I, the way I say that because these victories aren't heard about, it's usually like a piece of legislation that our <laughs> government affairs team kills. Right. 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 That still should be celebrated. Yeah. You know, we should, we should be like, Oh my gosh, thank goodness. We got the word out. Our members did this because they called their representatives right? and their representatives were like, Whoa, we heard from a lot of sportsmen, so uh, we want to keep our jobs as your elected <laughs> officials. So therefore, this thing is not going to go anywhere. And that's that's how it works. I mean, you know, they, the politicians, our elected officials, you know, they want to hear from us. And when they do, they listen. So it's all good. We'll keep the stuff coming. We'll keep the information coming and, and keep getting people involved. Well, listen, it is hunting season. I have kept you for about as long as 
uh, I want to keep you on a weekend during hunting season. Uh, we talked off the air before we started recording. You, you're going after a fall turkey, trying to punch that tag, and That's right. uh, you're going with the bow, right? Yeah. Ah, I mean, my man. Why not make things harder than it's already going to be? So, no, I, I told my daughter because uh, she and I are going to go out. And I said we're going to do it with the bow, and she's like, "That's going to be hard." I'm like, "Well." <laughs> I'm already guaranteed we're not going to see any turkeys anyway, so I might as well just go hike around with my bow, and at least it'll look like a cool Instagram picture when I take it or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 what you need to do is get you a Yeti mug and put the tag in there with a little water if it's not filled, and it could just be a little – it's a little cliche, you know, tag soup kind of post, and, and you're and That's you're right. Yeah. I'll <laughs> do, hopefully, hopefully I don't have to do that on November 25th, but – I got three weeks to get it done. So, yeah, man, I'm going to go get after it. My my girl just got home, so we're going to get changed and head out to the woods. Well, I have faith in you, man. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Guys, if if you haven't been sold yet, stay tuned because I'm going to bring you more of the Sportsman's Alliance. Sean is going to come back on here, and we're going to convince you. But I'm certain that everybody who, who heard this podcast is going to join and help us get that 1% uh, of hunters out there uh, signed up. And after 1% of hunters, we're going to move to 1% of all sportsmen. We're going to make this a, na- a national, a nationwide event. This thing's, going to, this thing's going to go viral. It's going to stay viral. And we're going to change the face of sportsmen's politics in America, all doing it together. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. Let me know if you enjoyed uh, talking to Sean and, and what kind of topics you'd want to hear from him. What 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 would be important to for you, the listeners? Because I've got listeners all over the country, all over the globe, for that matter. So get, send me a message. Let me know what we can touch on, what we can convince you if we haven't already. And until next time, y'all enjoy the outdoors. Mm-hmm.